Kevin McCuller and Terrence Shannon Jr. have made two very interesting announcements over the past week, and Texas Tech Twitter has a lot to say about it. Now it's our turn. Tune in to today's Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, so be sure that you are subscribed to our channel over there. I'm Ryan Mainville. I'm a former support team officer at Twitter and now a very active member in the NFT and Metaverse community. He's Emery Lida, a longtime Texas Tech analyst, writer, and podcaster. And today we've got to talk about really just the drama and the emotion that's around Kevin McCuller and Terrence Shannon Jr. Because a lot of people have a lot of thoughts and we've been pretty silent about the way that we feel. I know even just you and I uh, online, well, especially you online, we've been really quiet about the ways in which we've talked about this. But I think now we're at a point where it's just time to open the can and, and talk about it candidly and try to get to the bottom of some of these issues. But Let's kick it off with Kevin McCuller, man, a guy that um, declared for the NBA draft and seemed like, you know, he he had a very vaguely worded statement whenever he announced for the draft. And we talked about that it might be a possibility that he's going to the portal. But we felt pretty strongly that uh, he may end up returning to Texas Tech. Then he enters the transfer portal a couple of days ago, makes the announcement himself, uh, makes it seem like it's kind of just a backup option in case draft things don't go as planned. And then last night, Sunday night, he announces a final two of Gonzaga in Kansas and Twitter blows up. Emory, just give me your initial thoughts on this whole situation. I know it's been a little bit of a tornado, but where's your head at right now? Well, first off, the initial news about him entering the transfer portal, we mentioned it on the episode, kind of utilized as a way to keep his options open because by all accounts, it seemed like he's pretty focused and set on entering the draft. He's been tra- he's been training in New Jersey for the past month or more. He's obviously been sort of focused on that route. And so for him to enter the portal, it was kind of seen as um, last option. The biggest thing that kind of tipped, tipped us off to something maybe being going on beyond just the whole um, him entering the draft early and maintaining eligibility was his initial statement, which at the time seemed bizarrely worded, to put it mildly. Like, it seemed like something you would not expect someone who had any intention of coming back to Texas Tech to be putting out there. But, you know, it's Kevin McCuller. He's played at Tech for three years. He's been a part of the program for four. His dad played at Tech. He's beloved by Tech fans. You know, everyone had the impression that, oh, this can't be true because he hasn't entered the portal. He's still up until four days ago, had done nothing to indicate that he was going to be leaving if he didn't enter the draft. And lo and behold, he enters the portal. People get a little bit scared he's going to head out. But at the same time, there's a sense of optimism that this was just to sort of keep his options open. And by all accounts, the last few days up until Sunday night seemed as if he was more it was more or less a formality. And if anything, like his verbiage was nowhere near as sort of sketchy as what we saw from the initial announcement that he was entering the draft. And 
looking at other options regarding his college eligibility. And then you get to Sunday night, and he announces that his top final two schools are Gonzaga and Kansas. And first off, very interesting choice of the school, given that he hasn't had the chance to visit either of them. He's really only been in the portal for four days. And obviously, there could have been permissions granted to speak with other schools. We don't know how that went about. But it's a really quick decision to narrow your options down, especially considering neither of them would have him as a primary ball handler, which has been what the smoke out of McCullers camp has been, is that he wants to be a ball handler. And that's not going to happen at Kansas. They have DeWan Harris. It might ha- happen more at uh, Gonzaga, where he had, where they're known for running kind of a two-guard system. But it's still not far from a guarantee. And it clearly isn't something with NIL. Neither of those two schools are necessarily loaded with money in terms of what they're getting from deals. So it was just head-scratching, to be honest, to see him narrow his options so down. And kind of, an, if anything, obviously he wasn't going to treat abrasive. He's very crafty with how he releases his statements. But at the same time, it was a very definitive statement for someone that really is already going down to two schools after only four days. It just seemed kind of off-putting would be the best way I would describe it. And certainly it's understandable why a lot of people had strong reactions. Yeah, and I will say, like, I'm a big athlete first person. I think anybody that, that's listened to this podcast for any extended amount of time won't be surprised by that statement. I really like to prioritize athletes. I think that they do a lot for their programs. And I, I do believe that the initial reaction to, to McCullers' final two was a little harsh. But I also don't know what else you expect. Um, and that sounds kind of harsh. And like I'm not trying to, in no way am I aiming to excuse any sort of violent threats or, or death threats or anything to that degree. But yeah, people are going to be pissed off whenever you announce that you're going to transfer to an interconference school or a, a team that Texas Tech has a little bit of history with. And is just at the top of college basketball. Like, it, if it's something you're going to do, you're going to get some blowback. And so, I don't know. I, I think the whole thing that's made this as strange as it is and is really even worth talking about on this episode is his statement on Sunday night. And that's what really threw me for a loop. Um, I got to be honest. Like, it just felt like a lot of deflecting. Um, and, and to kind of throw in a line like decisions are mutual in there is a pretty interesting way to shift the attention from yourself and try and point fingers back at the program. And I, I know that you've mentioned the, the primary ball handler thing, and I, I do think that that's what he wants. Um, and so maybe Kansas and Gonzaga, although we're looking at their rosters and we're like, no way, maybe they're telling him that. Schools lie all the time, and maybe they do think that he's going to come in and be their primary ball handler. But I think that's, and this is just speculation on my part, I I do think that that's kind of where that decisions are mutual thing comes in. Um, There's a lot of noise that Kevin McCuller really wanted to be a lead guard and truly have all the keys to the offense. And that didn't happen at Texas Tech last year for good reason. And so if he was expecting for that to happen this season as well, especially after adding guys like Davion Harmon and Pop Isaacs, I just, I don't know. I don't know if that's mutual. Like, I'm not saying that Texas Tech was trying to kick Kevin McCuller out of the door, but 
it's just a very, very odd situation and a very, very odd way to kind of say something when you really didn't need to. Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, that statement came off as very gaslighty. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that, and I think that it's important to note that I'm not saying that Kevin McCullers in is being the bad guy in this case because it is true that he was getting some pretty harsh sentiment towards him. There were a lot of things that a lot of criticisms from tech fans I felt like fell on the good side of the line in terms of being kind of critical but not egregiously bad or threatening. And then there were some that crossed the line and obviously we don't want to be condoning those. But the response that McCuller had and talking about how people how jealousy and envy and hate is the devil's work and they're quick to accept a transfer of a bash one for leaving like that stuff that you just it's unnecessary it's unnecessary rhetoric that McCuller was using there and i i don't know i'm i have a lot of respect for guys like cj mccollum in the nba or who are very well spoken to the public and at times will kind of be transparent about what they think about fans sort of sounding out and do it in a really elegant way. And I think this is what McCuller was getting at. And I feel like that was the intention to kind of clear his name, but the way it came off was very kind of standoffish towards tech fans. And, and you, you said about like, what else do you expect? And I think that's a good line to have because while it, well, we're supposed to be, we have to respect the athletes. And certainly there's a lot that the athletes provide to the university. At the same time, you're going to get backlash when you make a move that's as drastic as announcing a transfer to two rivals of tech in some capacity and doing so in such quick order after you had been a member of the program for years and years and been a noted member. Like that's something that's going to happen. You saw it with Kyler Edwards at Houston. And I think over time that that sort of hatred sort of died down a little bit as people got more away from the decision so it's fair to expect accept backlash but as soon as soon as McCuller released that statement it opened up an entire nest worth of hate coming back towards him and in this case I feel like it could have all been avoided and I think McCuller the way that McCuller worded that statement was extremely 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 combative it shifted the focus more towards the program which I mean if he's had such a good relationship with Mark Adams, then obviously that's not something you you want to do. And so it kind of raises the question of that, of that effect, which again is needless. That's something that should be happening behind closed doors. And it takes shots and generalizing shots at a fan base that really has had McCullers back for years and have really had him and held him in very high regard. And I'm not saying that he should be appreciative or, or sort of keep his mouth shut, but certainly the way that that statement went and sort of do, making all of these overarching quotes about how like how quickly they are to bash him after all of these hard work and kind of playing up his own work and his own efforts, it was very unnecessary to me and it kind of left a bad taste from just knowing what we know about Kevin McCullough, who's obviously a very intelligent guy, obviously someone that's put a lot into the program, but to end on this note, it's not ideal. I've got plenty of more thoughts that I want to say, but first... Quick word from our sponsors. Thanks again for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Here, talking just the absolute mess that is the situations with Kevin McCullough and Terrence Shannon Jr. Um, 
Emery, those were some good thoughts, man. Appreciate you chiming in there and letting us know what you think. I think the way that you described it as gaslight, he was really good. Um, and uh, let's look at Mark Adams' statement. Let's do that because Mark Adams uh, had a tweet today uh, or on Monday around noon, um, and I'll read it. Quote, we should all wish Kevin McCuller the best on his decision to remain in the NBA draft. These are difficult decisions for our student athletes, and he deserves our respect. This was a mutual decision that I believe will work out as he pursues his dream of playing in the NBA, end quote. Uh, first off, there's no way that Mark Adams is running his own Twitter account. Um, he This happens all the time, by the way. It, it's not any sort of indictment on him, but he absolutely gave some version of this statement to an SID or somebody in the in the AD, and they tweeted it out for him. Um, I, I don't disagree with pretty much anything happening in in Mark Adams' tweet. I think you've got to define respect in this tweet. Uh, like, what does respect mean? Does Kevin McCuller deserve to be patted on the back and given well wishes and whatever he, he does next? No. Should we be courteous human beings and not, you know, be violent or especially hateful towards him. Yeah, of course we shouldn't do that. But like, again, what do you expect? And I understand that this is a very emotional thing. And McCuller has likely had a very emotional past couple of days. And I'm sure some of it is just feeling all of the emotion within the fan base and trying to simmer that down. Uh, You mentioned Kyler Edwards earlier, which is kind of an interesting thing because even with Kyler, it was like so much had ha- happened that offseason, and it really felt like he was due for a better role in some ways. Um, and if Kyler Edwards played in the USA last season, I feel like it generally would have been a good response. Like, I don't feel like he would have been heckled or, or messed with. I think, I think he's a guy who was appreciated, and he exited the program with a lot of integrity and a lot of respect. If Kevin McCuller transfers to Kansas, he's going to get booed out of the building whenever he plays at the USA. And I feel like these past couple of days are a way to try and prevent that from happening, which is why I kind of feel like he's going to be a Jayhawk, just based on the amount of quick responses that he's had on this. Uh, but there, there's no way around it. I, I would be extremely surprised if he's met with any warm wishes in, in Lubbock. And I think it's completely down to his own decisions, as harsh as that sounds. Like, again, I think very highly of Kevin McCuller, the person. I don't want this to be a bashing on him because there's certainly a lot to like about him as a basketball player. He's an intelligent person. He's someone that's been a good leader for Tech's program. But the way that he's handled this offseason has been really not ideal for someone that's supposedly so into staying in the NBA draft because basically a lot of guys think of like Jameer Young or even Farrar's AMAC for the transferring to Texas Tech you've seen him sort of make that decision and it, it be contingent on him staying or not staying in the draft you've seen guys that have made their visits and sort of made it clear and expressed like their appreciation for the program within the first week or so entered the portal and started kind of their recruitment process from there Kevin McClure waited a full month 
after releasing a vague statement to enter his name into the portal and then almost immediately not just completely erase the possibility of him returning to tech within five days. Like when you do that and you have a vague statement at first that doesn't really tell you anything. And then you go a full month doing the draft process, not entering the portal, enter the portal at the last minute, and then immediately cut tech from your list of potential teams that is bound to sort of incite emotional reactions. And then you relate, you release two statements and the, the first one about him potentially going to Gonzaga or Kansas. Sure. The wording of that, the like sort of mentioning that those will be the two schools in the event that he doesn't stay in the NBA draft. That's whatever, you know, but then afterwards, after he got the response that at that point should have been expected because he did so he didn't, he decided to cut tech from his list so quickly made his list down to two so quickly. Then after that, he takes shots at the fan base in a statement that really, again, like I mentioned in the first segment came off as extremely gaslighting didn't take any sort of accountability for his own decisions there. Like, I feel like if he could have, if he would have apologized and said like, look, like I'm, I apologize for the nature of these statements and the timing for that. I wish Red Raider Nason the best. So-and-so, you know, like it would have been, he still would have gotten hate. I think it's important to mention that, but it would have been at the very least received with a little bit more compassion and some empathy with it than him basically just taking shots at the program and the fans for an entire paragraph. And so for that, I say that the reaction that he gets, if he goes to Kansas and if he gets booed completely out of the arena, is completely completely justified. And I don't like that he's getting as much hate as he is because, again, he was a good player, good person, good leader. But he has nobody other than himself to blame. He could have handled this exactly like Kyler Edwards did, who, mind you, committed to Tech, then decommitted again and ended up going to Houston and still was graceful about it, still kind of left with integrity. And he wouldn't have had anywhere near the backlash. So this is all something that McCuller did. Again, I don't think it's something that's a massive indictment on his future, but it's going to leave a salty taste in Tech fans' mouth, regardless of if he goes to the draft or goes to a different school. And... I mean, it's a learning experience. I hope he learns from it. I hope tech fans learn from it. And I hope that the athletes in general can learn from it because, I mean, there's no right or wrong way to handle things. But at some point, you have to realize that there's humans on both sides of this. There's a Kevin McCuller in this who's obviously going to feel like he's being unjustly hated. But at some point with self-reflection, I feel like he'll have to come to the realization that all of this could have been avoided if he had just sort of been more transparent from the get-go and then sort of timed out his statements better. Yeah, and I'll say this. Uh, I sincerely hope that Kevin McCuller gets drafted in the NBA draft and gets to pursue his dreams and has a great career playing professional basketball. I, I truly do hope I, and wish for that for him as a player. Um, I don't think that I'll really monitor and follow him as much as I do former Red Raiders, just based on what's happened the past couple of days. And it feels like there's some degree of divorce here, but um, if he does end up transferring to another school, I, I just, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like uh, you, you played your hand and that's where we're at now. Uh, we've got to move on. I, I'm sure there's so much more that we could say, but we've talked about this for 20 minutes and there's another dumpster fire burning within the Texas tech basketball program right now. We got to talk about the mess that is the T.J. Shannon and Michigan controversy. But first, 
a word from Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, talking about transfers. Uh, Terrence Shannon Jr., uh, entered the portal, God, it feels like six years ago by now. Um, entered the portal. There were teams like Miami, UNC, uh, Illinois, of course, that kind of emerged as early favorites and made pretty strong pushes. Uh, and then arose Michigan, almost out of the uh, dark shadows. And it seemed like that was um, pretty much a hit. For TJ, seemed like it would be a good fit, um, and they began to recruit him pretty heavily. He took a visit to Ann Arbor while he was on a visit. His AAU coach decided that it would be a good idea to tweet that he was transferring there, which is really stupid, but we just don't have time to get lost in these rabbit holes tonight. Um, it was pretty much a universally known thing within Texas Tech fandom that there was some holdup academically with TJ getting into uh, Michigan. There were, you know, little things about maybe he didn't pass enough classes. Uh, maybe Michigan wanted him to graduate first. Not sure what. Um, no, Nobody can really know definitively except for him. But there was some kind of holdup. And <laughs> he he announced his commitment to Mich- to Illinois. A couple of days ago, which by all means, it's not like an outlandish pick. Like, it's his home state. He was recruited heavily by the Illini out of high school, even after going to IMG. And Hunter Dickinson, who just announced that he's playing college basketball for the 18th year because he can't get drafted, uh, tweets a very strongly worded tweet at Mark Adams about him being a coward him holding up uh, Terrence Shannon from being able to transfer there, him preventing him from taking classes. Uh, Jawan Howard's son, don't even know his name because he plays like half a minute per game, also got in on the action, decided to tweet at Mark Adams. It was a disaster. And it's mainly a disaster because it's an awful look for anybody on the outside looking in. Like if I'm a recruit and I don't know much about Texas Tech, and I see all this stuff, I'm worried. I'm concerned. But there's no there's no basis to it at all. It's one of the most outlandish things I've ever heard that a coach could possibly prevent somebody from taking a class is completely baseless, completely false. I don't know how registration works at other colleges, but at Texas Tech, I don't need coach approval to take a certain course. It's just, it makes no sense, man. And we can talk about the scholarship thing in a second because I think there is some truth to that, at least from what I've heard. But on the surface, what a baseless and unnecessary and really, honestly, a stupid thing for Hunter Dickinson to do. And whoever in his camp suggested that he delete that tweet minutes after he tweeted it, uh, he should be thanking them a lot right now. 
I mean, I'm going to be real. This is something that Hunter Dickinson has a tendency to do. He has a tendency to say stupid stuff, whether it be in press conferences or on Twitter, and get himself into hot water with opposing fan bases or opposing players or opposing coaches. And at the end of the day, I mean, it surprised me to see just how like direct that statement was. But at the same time, I mean, he's someone that can't keep his mouth shut, as simple as that. And, well, I think that there's certainly there's certainly a case to be made for no one's going to know exactly what happened between Texas Tech and Michigan and TJ Shannon and what really happened there. I mean, we can make our best guess about how many classes TJ would have had to take in over the summer to be able to transfer into Michigan. And certainly that's a discussion that only TJ is going to know the true answer to and Michigan admissions. But the suggestion that it's on Mark Adams' shoulders and that he was the sole reason why this didn't go down is about as baseless as I think I've ever heard because there are so many more pieces on the board that play into this. There's the academic advising that TJ would have had through the athletic program at Tech that led in up to the couple of years prior. There's the admission standards at Michigan that would have a lot to do with the decision, literally everything to do with the decision. There's TJ himself deciding how much is he willing to go through for summer school, which is the threshold of what he's willing to take. Then obviously there's the scholarship discussion, which we'll get into in a second. But there are so many different pieces on the board that have an impact on this. And for Andre Dickinson to call out Mark Adams on a public tweet that thousands and thousands of people are going to see, not only does it hurt Mark Adams' image, I do think that's something that has to be clear here, is this does not help text image at all. And it's unfortunate because it's something that it's because of Hunter Dickinson's own stupidity that it's hurting tech in the process as collateral because there's nothing they can do. There's going to be, that tweet's going to be stuck there. It's permanently a part of Mark Adams' image and it's something that other programs are going to take advantage of and use as kind of like a, well, like this is what he's going to do to you if you try to transfer, even if it's not true. So it sucks for tech, but it also sucks for Hunter Dickinson and Michigan because now you add in the Jawan Howard incident, you add in the fact that they've struggled to have success last year. They had one of the most disappointing seasons of anyone in the country. And you add into the fact that Michigan admissions is notoriously difficult for transfers to get in. And that just highlighted the situation even more. And then you add in Hunter Dickinson's own personal brand, which has again been sort of tarnished with these own sorts of incidents add into the fact that he's a mediocre basketball player that can't can't get drafted and has struggled to develop his game over the last couple of years and i mean this whole situation it sucks for everyone involved and it was completely baseless and we talked about the kevin mcculler thing being something that you could say that mcculler definitely could have handled that better this is that but on steroids like hunter dickinson put himself in this situation put three different parties in a situation where they all looked a lot worse because of it and has only himself to blame because of his own tweet. Yeah. And I will say I do appreciate kind of the respect from TJ side on this and that there hasn't been a lot of things said publicly from, from him and his camp about this. Um, probably because they know it's not true and, and there's just, there's no basis to it. But 
they could have made a bad situation worse and they didn't. And I think that's that's commendable. So good for them. Um the scholarship thing, what seems to me to be the most likely result of this is that Tan Shannon Jr. needed to take a certain amount of hours this summer to graduate and then enroll at Michigan as a grad transfer because the admissions rules are a little bit lighter when you're a grad transfer. Um, I, I don't know how many hours. I've seen like 19 tossed around, which is the max you can take at Tech. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think it's important. Um, but it would have required Texas Tech to use scholarship money on him throughout the summer to pay for his classes. And I just don't know in what world that can be expected uh, from an athlete that's made plenty of money at Texas Tech and has had three years now to use that money to, you know, use it towards credits and, and get some of those academic eligibility things out of the way. I mean, we, we talked a little bit about it with, with Kevin McCuller, and while it feels like he's deflecting and TJ hasn't really said anything publicly about this, and I, and I hope he doesn't, um, like there's just there's nothing else you can do here. And like I, I feel bad for the dude. I, I really do. It, it's a tough spot, and and to own up and to pay cash for for summer classes, especially if you're taking you know six classes, is crazy, and and that's gonna suck. But what'd you expect? You know, that's that's kind of the theme of this episode. And so, um, man, it feels crazy that there's like less animosity in my mind right now towards TJ Shannon than there is towards Kevin McCuller, but it's kind of how I feel right now. I mean, my side of it is TJ Shannon really hasn't done a whole lot wrong since the initial announcement that he wouldn't be coming back to tech or that he was entering the portal that came from John Rothstein before the team aborted the plane. That was ridiculous. And obviously he drew some hate for that. But since then, He's been nothing but caring for the tech community. He's stuck around. Obviously, he's been very appreciative of teammates. By all accounts, he's been with, coordinating with Mark Adams, which is the other thing, because TJ has been directly with Mark Adams. He's been at practices. He's been supposedly appearing with Mark Adams at various places. Obviously, he's been around him. He's been around the support staff. Like, if there was this level of animosity and TJ's entire career was getting held back by the tech coaching staff, you would think that there would be a lot more animosity towards that. And if TJ was such a strong lean towards going to Michigan and it was like he felt completely slighted, then there'd be bad blood there. He wouldn't want to be in the training facility. And for per the scholarship stuff, like you're actively if TJ gets a scholarship for the summer, then you're actively limiting yourself by one more scholarship to someone that would be on the team for next year and would be actively trying to get ready for the season. And you could potentially be using that scholarship to help out your own guys when it comes to eligibility and kind of working out towards their own academic careers as well. So there's a lot that goes into that. And so just because TJ Shannon has done really well for tech and obviously in my opinion, he's handled things for the most part the right way. Obviously, it wasn't perfect, but at the same time, like he's been as cordial as you could realistically expect with the exception of the first week or so when he was in the portal. It just doesn't make any sense to me to 
come out like Hunter Dickinson did. And certainly, I mean, it is what it is. I think that it's pretty clear to pretty much anyone that's been around the situation has heard the amount of classes TJ would have supposedly had to have taken over the summer and the fact that that was the holdup, that it's Mark Adams that is in the right here and firmly like, yes, he could have kept TJ on scholarship and I'm sure it would, would have been theoretically possible for them to accommodate his needs, but that's a whole lot of hoops for tech to jump through. And they really didn't need to do that. It's not like they're completely outright denying the transfer. As far as I'm concerned, if TJ was academically eligible, there's nothing he could have that Mark Adams could have done to prevent the transfer to Michigan. And it's not like Mark Adams gains anything by preventing TJ to, from going to Michigan. Like, what is, what are they going to do? Like, potentially meet up in the tournament? You don't want to face, you'd rather face Ohio State than Michigan or something like that? Like, it's completely an illogical argument. And it's frustrating because it puts, it puts everyone involved in a tough situation. And I think, especially in this case, I do feel bad for TJ because if he comes out and completely denies that it happens, you're going to happens that that would be the understandable approach given these transferred to a different school. And then Michigan fans are going to just continue to light up his mentions and whatnot and text mentions. And if he firmly goes in favor of Hunter Dickinson and what Dickinson alleged, he's burning a bridge with a former coach, a former program. And he's needlessly attaching himself to another Big Ten school. So there's nothing he can do outside of stay silent that puts him in the right. And he's been put in this situation by someone else who can't seem to keep his mouth shut and continues to put himself in bad situations. So that is that. And at the end of the day, it sucks to see Kevin McCuller and TJ Shannon leaving the program. But I think that we're all ready for this drama to move on.